and welcome to Two Steps Ahead Podcast. I'm Son Edom, alongside Tara Hoke Shiro, who hey is going to... What are you going to do for us this time around? I couldn't uh, get you to do karaoke last time. That's right. So is there anything, any talent that you can share with us before we get started? Talent. Talent. I can move my nose. Oh, yeah? Yes. Okay. Uh any, any, have you ever done any magic? Yes, I want to see me nah, move my nah. <laughs> any, any magic, any, uh, anything that, I guess the other thing too is, okay, when we're on that kind of topic of doing something, talent, anything that you like to do to take your mind off of things that go on around you that you're like, hmm, you know what? I just need a break. I need to step away from what I'm doing and just get out there and do my own thing. Hobby. So here I'm about to show my nerdness. Right. I'm, all right. I'm a little bit of a nerd. I love to stare out the window. Okay. Because my mind goes 100 miles an hour. Right. So if, if I can just sit and not have all of the input. Right. And my, I can let my mind just spin in any direction. That's very relaxing for me. And I can just let it go 100 miles. Well, the reason why I asked that is because 2020... At the beginning of the new year, we had talked about on a previous podcast and just talking with different people in general, you have an anticipation of good things to come. The new year, new expectations, starting over, putting away the past, anything that was bad in 2019, we just bury it on uh, December 31st at 1159, 59 p.m. And as soon as midnight hits on January 1, it's a new year. And even though we're broadcasting here on the first day of spring and 25% of the year isn't even over yet, we haven't gotten to the 25% mark, end of March, 2020 has been in the crapper. We like to talk about uh, two steps ahead, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. But I think 2020, everybody has stepped in something. Mm -hmm. And it's been a tough year and we'd like to set the reset button on the year. Uh, For example, me, just to share a little bit, talking about my stuff that I've stepped in. So 2020, I'd lived in a place for 15 years, and then I get a notice that they're not going to renew my agreement to stay there, so I had to find a new place to go and live. So that started out 2020, you know, okay, fine, no big deal, find a new place and move, and moving's never fun, but okay. And then as soon as I get a place and kind of start getting settled in, then I get hit with something from the IRS, and it's like, where's this coming from? And so now you have to kind of deal with the IRS. And no matter what, whether it's on the good side of the IRS or the bad side of the IRS, the IRS is the IRS, and it's no fun dealing with them. All the hoops, the paperwork, the phone calls, they're not there, all that stuff. You know, they're only available from like 1 to 1.15 every other Tuesday. A.M. A.M., yes, (laughs) exactly. And so you got that. And then there's a job situation where, you know, they decided the college I worked for is not going to renew my contract, so now I'm out of a job. And then, of course, we get hit with things like the coronavirus that everybody's dealing with. And so, again, as you look at different things and different people, and then there's other people I know that are dealing with uh, health issues with parents, Mm -hmm. you know, that aren't going to probably make it through the end of the year, Mm -hmm. maybe not even through the end of March. Uh, We had like the tornadoes in Nashville, just recently an earthquake in Utah. So there's all kinds of things that people are are struggling with and, and going through, especially at this time of year with the virus and loss of jobs, loss of hours. Uh, financial issues. It's like we want to reset 2020. You know, we were all just not too long ago celebrating, toasting the new year. That's right. And um, and so anyway, so that's what we're going to kind of kind of talk about on this episode is just rebooting 2020. Is that possible? Can we do it? What can we do to reboot 2020? And um, 
and just kind of start focusing on on a new new path, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, just real quick, I posted something on uh, my Instagram account last night talking about how maybe this is the time to take a moment to reflect on the good things that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, if we have our health, if we do have jobs, if we have relationships, if we have partnerships, if we have new opportunities coming our way, you know, whatever we're a part of, maybe now's the time to just kind of focus on those positive things, those good things, instead of focusing on the negative, because then maybe that will give us the ability or the, um, the empowerment, so to speak, to start to change things and move into a better 2020. I am going to take another uh, different spin on that, of course. <laughs> it seems like I contradict. Um, I would take that a step further and say that the gratitude, because the list that you listed off, a lot of people maybe don't have their health or they don't have a relationship or they don't, maybe their job has shut down. And so when we're looking for things to be grateful for, it's not always the things that we can see or the things that we have. So I have said, mentioned several times that I've written uh, a couple of books. One of the books that I wrote was about character. It's a, it's a journal. Um, and I have made um, 52 videos actually on character and, what I have said over and over is that character happens in the opposite situation. So now is a really good time to be grateful, but gratitude isn't necessarily, I'm really grateful for that we're here or I'm grateful for my health. Sometimes the gratitude comes in, I'm really grateful for this lesson. So we wouldn't necessarily be grateful for the coronavirus, but we can be grateful that in the coronavirus, there are many lessons for us to learn. So, for example, um, we're learning how to clean. <laughs> and I have been so um, annoyed, I will just say, I'm just a little bit annoyed that we are just now coming around to cleaning the subways, cleaning the airplanes, cleaning the bus stations, the places of business, you know, where we work. Because the reality is that, you know, 16,000 people die every single year in the United States from the flu virus. Why were we not cleaning for the 16,000 every year that we knew about? They keep saying that the coronavirus is unpredictable. We just don't know how it's going to behave. We do know how the flu is going to behave. We do know that on average 16,000 people a year die. And yet we haven't been cleaning and quarantining ourselves and staying away from each other. We come to work hacking and sniffling and sneezing and coughing. And um, anyway, and so... I would say in the situation that I am grateful that we are coming around to the fact that we need to mass clean our cities <laughs> to try and mitigate some of the illnesses that we pass around to each other. Um, I'm grateful for the time that, that we have to regroup, that we can um, take a look at you know what our life really is, take a look at what's important to us. Maybe we have time to organize, we have time to clean, we have time to you know spend time with people that we didn't have, we have time to write a book that we didn't have. Um, work on our hobby, you know, whatever it is, it just seems like we have this chance to reset and and figure out what our values are. And I'm grateful for that. I think there was a line in the movie Wall Street, the original one, at the end when uh, Charlie Sheen's character is about to go off to go get arrested, I guess, and go to jail. And one of the guys says to him, you can know your character when you look into the abyss Mm -hmm. and you see nothing staring back. (laughs) Now, we're not that far gone yet 
Uh, there's there's still things staring back at us. But I think to to more your comment, we're such a reactionary society. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing happens until something happens, right. and then we take action. I remember back during you know the events of nine eleven, the security measures were reactionary to stuff that was going on. Exactly, we have to take our shoes off because someone tried to sneak a bomb onto a plane in their in their shoe. Fortunately, we don't have to take our underwear off because the underwear bomber's bomb didn't go off. So that's a good thing. You know, but so when it comes to this type of thing, it maybe it takes something like what we're going through now to get progress because we don't think about those things. You know, in Los Angeles, you know, recently with all the homeless situation that we've had, there's been a lot of plague, uh, even the bubonic plague, they've talked about maybe right. making an appearance. And then, right. you know, what was it? Typhus and mm-hmm you know, all these other diseases going on. And yet, was there really an effort? Well, maybe there was some effort, you know, some token effort to kind of clean up. But yet the underlying issue of maybe helping the homeless so we don't have that problem of mm-hmm. the disease then, mm-hmm. you know, um, just wasn't there. And so maybe it does take something like this so that we become reactionary to a problem so that we can fix the underlying issue of health. Um, Did you hear uh, Mayor Garcetti's announcement yesterday that they were going to take the homeless off the street and put them in temporary housing so that they don't spread the coronavirus. Yeah. See, that should have been something probably taken care of, you know, a long time ago. ago. Exactly. So we're, yes, we're very reactionary. And, and now all of a sudden we are taking things serious as we should, but a lot of these issues, um, we could say, you know, it was necessary to take serious action, you know, last year, 10 years ago, um, 20 years ago. So I'm grateful that we are now, we're hitting the reset button on some of these things and that we're taking action on some necessary um, things. So if there's, you know, when we, t- I don't know if you want to label it as looking for the silver lining or, you know, however you want to look at it, there's always lessons that we can learn in a situation that we can grow from and we can move forward from and take it with us Um so that it's not all, you know, and sometimes we don't want to see the lessons because sometimes the lessons that we need to learn are from um, self-imposed chaos or from mistakes that we made. And it's not easy to say, okay, what is it that I need to learn here? It's easier just to, to you know, bemoan the tragedy and, you know, what is going on with us. But if we can be brave enough to say, okay, what do I need to learn? What, is, what do I need to see? How can I grow in this situation? Well, then it can be usable. Well, that's the other thing too. Even even just you know changing habits of what we do in our entertainment. You know, a lot of uh, people I know are big into sports, and there's mm-hmm. no sporting events going on. I remember, I think it was uh, last weekend. I kind of forgot what day it was because I'm so used to judging my days based on you know the sporting events that go on. Mm-hmm. And you know, when there's no golf, it's not a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So it must be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Oh no, well, maybe it's a Friday now. I don't know. <laughs> um, so again, you know, we're we're kind of learning how to maybe we're supposed to what was it uh, be distant socially. But maybe we're becoming more socially involved with each other through other means because we're not being distracted by all these other things. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's another lesson to be learned, not to be so engaged into our own selves and maybe become more engaged with other people because we're now not having these sporting events that we're just going to sit in front of the TV and watch. Or we're not going to be obsessed on the Internet, finding out what our fantasy you know, baseball draft is going to be like or a mm-hmm. fantasy basketball team is doing. Um, but then on the flip side, you have those people that work in those environments that uh, aren't 
working and so they're not getting paid but then you have you know things like the nba coming together and saying you know we're going to form this fund to help these people Mm -hmm. so again you've got the good and the bad that comes with it you've got the the good side of it which is you know humanity coming together to try to help out for the common good but then you have the bad which is all the effects from it and so what lessons are we going to learn moving forward are these just temporary in the now and then once the crisis is over we go back to our old ways or are we going to be able to you know so you mentioned the homeless people not to keep dwelling on that but then out that temporary housing exactly. does that go away <laughs> exactly. and now they're back on the streets and now the problem <laughs> starts all over again exactly you know so i guess the other thing too is as we're looking into the abyss as we're trying to check our character as we're trying to reboot 2020 and all the things that we started to uh want to do and see for the year are we then once this is over go back to our old ways and then nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's human nature is to reach out. Um, you know, how many promises uh, do people make to God? Oh, if you just fix this, I promise I will, you know, be in church every single Sunday. Um, we have a tendency to reach out when things are bad. And then when things are good, then we slack off and we relax and we don't reach out, you know, as much. So the key is to be grateful in both situations so that we're not doing this ping pong um, game with our neediness you know if we can be um keep our reservoir full all the time because i think that's the thing is that that there are i'm it's interesting to watch how people handle this the people that are um full have a tendency to not panic as much during any kind of a tragedy of course it's it's awful of course it's um sad and 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 devastating but there's a different kind of, there's a different level of emotions when people, when they're, when they're emotional and their spiritual tank is full, as opposed to a person that is not. And then when they hit a tragedy, they're just completely empty and have no resources to pull from, no hope to stand on. Um, not, you know, maybe they don't, they're not connected to a community or a group and they're just all alone. So I think it depends, a lot of it depends on what we do, um, when things are going well, the structure that we put in place, the foundation that we choose to stand on so that when things come, because they always do, then we have something to fall back on and rely on and and resources to pull from. Um, That goes a huge way in being able to just relax a little bit and not be into a full-blown panic. Well, it's interesting you say that because there's uh, people that are, I follow on uh, social media and they'll post some of the craziest things. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes find it entertaining and sometimes I don't, but you know, it often makes you wonder what type of person is posting these, you know, sayings and pictures and things that are out there. But then it's also now in this time of crisis, it's the same people that have been posting these lunacy posts prior that are now posting the common sense. For example, there was one uh, post that came from an account that I follow, and this person would post all kinds of craziness. But then it's like now, hey, are the stores restocked so those of us that haven't panicked can go shopping now? You know, and so it's like these people that have are are, are realizing that you know what they're what they're doing um, in their regular lives is just that for fun and whatever they do. But that there's people out there that aren't panicking, that are understanding the situation and just like, Hey, let's just, you know, stay calm. Uh, I know I posted stuff on social media about the statistics of the virus and other people have done that too. And it's like, then there's people that challenge that and be like, no, we have to panic and we have to get crazy and we have to hoard and we have to do all this stuff because we have to take care of ourselves. But it's like, no, wait a minute. If you said, what's your character? What is it that your value system is? What is it that you're going to uh, believe? Are you going to believe in the panic 
and, and then you're going to have that irrational behavior from the fear that you're experiencing, or you're going to be able to realize, you know what, it's going to be okay. Let's not get so rational or irrational. Let's be rational about what we do. And let's go about because really, if you think about it, the panic of let's use the toilet paper, for example, the panic of the toilet paper hoarding has now created a problem for everybody else. <laughs> Okay. All of the hoarding, but especially well, the too. toilet paper. Well, that but too, the yeah. hoarding, yeah, it's definitely messing up the supply and demand process that we normally have. Yeah. So now we have to have special hours for the elderly to go shopping. Right. Well, is there anything there for them? Right. Uh, we have to have shopping at uh, different stores because this store is out of something and this store has maybe a few items left. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay where's the balance? And so now we're just creating problems for ourselves because we've gotten into this irrational uh, behavior from the fear that we experience. I did see one posting on social media, which was somebody was hoarding all the plungers. So all the people hoarding their toilet paper will have to go to the plunger people that are hoarding the plungers to fix their toilets. So again, there's Why? some creativity out there. I don't, I don't know. It. But that's the thing. It's I don't like get the plungers or, or, or the toilet paper. Or what about the the, the hand sanitizer? The yeah. the guy or the brothers in, in Tennessee that hoarded the seventeen thousand hand sanitizers thinking they're gonna profit off of it and they ended up giving it away. It's like, what's this mentality that drives this? Is that a selfish greed? Is it a um one to help others? Is it, you know, and it, it just it was kind of like reminding me of the time during Hurricane Katrina when, you know, New Orleans is flooded and you've got a guy carrying a 52 inch TV out of, you know, the local electronic store. It's like, dude, what are you going to do with a 52 inch TV? You got a right. brand new TV, but you have no electricity. Right. You may have no place to set it up because the pole city's underwater. It's, it's not going to float. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing with a 52 inch TV? You know, I mean, I can, I can, and even going back to the, the days of the LA riots, you know, even going way back then, which a lot of people might not remember, you know, there were people that were looting, there were people that were stealing, but then there were people that were actually trying to get goods that they needed and supplies, but there's nobody there to take their payment because the store owners have just bolted because of the rioting. And so I can understand, okay, maybe you're taking your diapers or maybe you're taking, you know, the necessities to survive, but then why are we looting the, the, you know, the electronic store? Because it's just pure greed that we're trying to do and taking advantage of the situation, which then goes back to the character when we're in these crisis situation and we're dealing with these situations, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle it? What's our character going to be like? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, even the show hoarders, um, I think a lot of the mentality of not wanting to let things go is that it's a false sense of security. We just, we're just afraid that we're not going to be okay. So we hoard things to make sure that we are, that we're okay. And really, when it comes down to it, the only way that we're going to be okay is our character. Hoarding, um, you know, toilet paper and hoarding, you know, food is not going to make us any more safe necessarily. Now, the argument could be made, well, if you're stuck in your house for a while, you know, you have things to eat. Um, But again, it's that fear of, am I going to survive? Am I going to be okay? And I think that deep-seated fear of death, that deep-seated fear of of um, survival, it just causes us when we're not at peace on the inside, it causes us to behave in ways that, that um, become selfish and become, you know, I have to take care of myself. And, um, and then we look at other people's behavior and we get mad. You know, my neighbor was mad that, um, you know, we're still going to work. And I said to her, people still need the product that we produce. Like they can't be without this thing. (laughs) And she's like, Oh yeah, I guess you're right. And I'm like, not only that, but the city is not shut down. Like 
we they haven't said to us, you know, you're you cannot they haven't put us on lockdown. They haven't said you can't leave your house. The only businesses that are closed are the as as of today, the twenty whatever date we are on twentieth. Um bars, restaurants, gyms, and and movie theaters, all the other businesses are still open and doing business. Um, some of the, you know, clothing stores have shut down. But so she was annoyed, you know, that we were doing that. And so I think that whatever, whatever we have, you know, on the inside is what is going to carry us through. It's not the things that we gather. It's not the things that we stockpile that is giving us a false sense of, security and safety and I think that's really what it comes down to is that fear of am I going to be okay and we think that things are going to satisfy that fear and then of course the rest of us legitimately need to use the restroom right (laughs) not an expert but I should recommend that everybody stay home because I love the freeways here in LA. I'm able to get from point A to point B in record time that I've never been able to do in like 20 years being in LA since I moved back. The, the streets are like clear. Yeah. The freeways are clear. Are. Stay home, shelter down, <laughs> stay put as long as you can because I love the freeways. Right. I love traveling now. And that's the thing. People are like kind of, oh, why are you still going out? Okay, well, you talk about... Um, they're, they're, they're recommending, for example, uh, social distancing, mm-hmm. six feet between people, which I think we're violating the rule. But again, I get in my car. I'm by myself. I'm driving. I went to the beach the other day because I just want to get some fresh air. Nobody was there. So how am I contributing to the problem in my mind? Mm-hmm. I'm by myself. I'm in my car. I'm driving to the beach. There's nobody there. I'm not around anybody. I'm, you know, I might and get bird the, flu. the but- mayor also, Mayor Garcetti also said, please go out and hike. The hiking trails are open. There you go. Please go out and exercise. Please go outside if you're going to be together. Because it gives you an opportunity to, again, explore other things maybe together mm-hmm. that you might not normally do. It gets you away from the television, the video games. Although it's kind of interesting because a lot of the gamers, their lives don't change. They exactly. sit in their rooms and they're on the video games anyways with people all across <laughs> the world. So to them, it's no big Nothing deal. Nothing has changed for the gamers. <laughs> but for others, it's maybe an opportunity, like you said, to get outside, maybe explore. I've had people you know, reach out to me and be like, hey, do you want to go for a hike? Do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to go do this? Um, because we can't drink and the bars are closed. We have to have alternative uh, entertainment. I was going to say, wait, what do you mean you can't drink? You can't drink in we the can, bar. Well, we can't go. To, instead of going to the bars and hanging out and drinking and socializing, we have to find alternative things to socialize. And so the hiking came up or the going for the walk or the, yes. you know, those type of things. And then we try to swing how we can get the drinking into the hiking and make it work. <laughs> Got to work it. You, no, do, but, you do a Sunday night brew yes. uh, uh, film, little mini uh, video yes. on your Instagram, which yes. I think is um, hilarious. It's very, well, very educational, actually, if you're a beer drinker. So I'm waiting now that the bars and the restaurants are closed. Wait and see. I'm, I'm like, okay, he's life is still going to go on for yes. the for the Sunday night brew. Yes. And I'm sure that you're going to be a little more creative in your yes. location. And but I'm sure that it will continue. Yes. So, which is, you know, kind of what we're hinting at is that this 2020 vision, if you want to call it, um, I posted something not too long ago to use hindsight, use hindsight for 2020 vision. Hindsight is 2020. Right. In 2020. Right. And we can use the lessons, you know, a lot of times we, we use hindsight as for back there, like the, the situation was back there. We're going to Monday morning quarterback the situation, should have, would have, could have done all of these things. And then we think, well, okay, 
problem solved in my mind. Like I would have done it different. This is how I would have done it different. And so now I feel better. And we have a tendency to leave it back there, but we can use those lessons from hindsight and still have 2020 vision in 2020. And I think that's what we were hitting on earlier is the character component that, you know, wherever you go, there you are. And, and however, whatever type of character you have in the plenty is the same type of character that you're going to have in the deficit. Um, when things are going great, when things are, are, you know, coronavirus everywhere and things are, you know, losing your job and, you know, the IRS is knocking on your door, you're the same person now in the deficit that you were in the plenty. So our character goes with us. And so, um, you know, we could talk about that for a second. You know, what is it that we mean by our character? And I think it goes back to that character is only, a character trait is only valuable in an opposite situation. Otherwise, it's not a character trait. So I don't know if you've seen on social media this thing that has been going around and it says it costs zero dollars to be kind. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. makes me crazy. Why is that? It just and, and and I'm not a big commenter. I'm not a troller on social media. But whenever I see that one, I have to put in my two cents. I can't help it because it's it's a lie, first of all. So you and I are sitting here, and and if you spill your water, I'm going to be kind to you. Why? Because you're nice. Because um, the carpet will clean. You know, it, where I'm not mad at you. Like it was a mistake. It's easy for me to be kind and say, oh no, you know, no big deal. But if you're grumpy and you're being mean to me and you're spewing your bitterness all over the place, now I have a choice. Am I going to be kind or am I going to retaliate? And so that's when being kind to an unruly person, that's when kind really is kind. That's when it really becomes a character trait. And it's a lie that kindness costs zero dollars. Kindness costs us a lot. I have to um, put away my pride I have to put away myself and put the other person first, even if they're acting like a complete moron. And and I have to um, choose to not um, uh, lash back, you know, lash out at this person, which takes a lot of internal strength because sometimes people are just idiots. And I'm like, dude, what are you like for me to not do that? That takes a lot of strength that get rid of my pride and to be kind to this person who clearly doesn't deserve it sometimes. Right. So it costs us a lot to be kind to people. It's not free. If, if we're just like saying, oh, good morning, let me hold the door for you to a nice person, that's not kind. That's just going through your day in a pleasant manner. But to truly be kind is the jerk that pulled in front of you on the freeway and you're not going to flip them off. You're not going to honk your horn. You're not going to swerve around and get in front of them and then slow down to get them back, right? <laughs> Life has been so stress-free on the freeways. It's like Zen. I haven't had to do any of that. I've been so pleasant to people on the freeway with me. I know, right? I've been so pleasant to people on the freeway lately. It's been so nice. But that's not kind. That's just being easy. That's the easy. So kindness kicks in when people are back, when the freeways fill up again, and and they don't know how to drive. So so our character is, is, you know, faith is in the opposite section. You know, it's either faith or fear right? It's either um, kindness or, you know, bitterness. It's like love, for example. So here I'll tell in myself a little bit, I won't tell the person that it is, but um, there's a person that, that I have to sometimes continually say to myself, 
okay, Lord, show me how to love this person. Show me how to love this person. Like they're making me crazy. So <laughs> it is, it is him. Show me how to love this person. So on one hand, that's a really good thing to do because we are not capable of having these character traits on our own. We need, we need help. Um, God gives us to the, gives them to us freely. And so to ask for more love, to be able to love someone is a really good thing. On the other hand, it's a lot of pride on my part. Because if I have to ask, like, oh, my gosh, please let me love this person, what is that saying? It's saying that I don't really want to love them, and I think that I'm better than them, and I'm being very prideful, very arrogant. Like, ugh, I just want to, you know, this is making me crazy. That's very arrogant, very prideful. So love is in a situation that is not necessarily deserving. doesn't mean you're a doormat. You still have to have boundaries. But love is when it's... Love's not an atmosphere. It's not an activity. It's not a, um, it's, it's like in the hard part, it's a choice. It's an act. It's like, no, I'm going to do the opposite of what I feel like doing. So that's what we're talking about. Like in character in this situation that, that it takes an opposite situation to really decide how, what kind of a person are we going to be in this crisis? I was uh, driving around yesterday and of course the supplies are uh, really rare uh, or scarce, I should say now. And so, you know, that's an opportunity, I guess, for us to kind of show kindness or whatever character we want to display. So I was driving, I happened to be driving slow enough to glance into a liquor store and see some supplies that are needed. And so I flipped around and went back into the store. It wasn't booze. I got plenty already on stack. I'm say, hoarding the booze. Define need. Yes, I'm hoarding the booze. I already got that taken care of. No, but and so I go in and I'm, I'm and I I'm walking into the liquor store and I see that there's like three items that I need that are left of what I need. Mm-hmm. And this couple walks in front of me and they're going to the same. Now I was thinking to myself, I could jump ahead of them and grab all of the supplies off the shelf Run. and then take off. Or maybe I'll just wait and see what they take. And if there's anything left over, I'll grab the rest. Again, only three items. <laughs> and so they came and, and they kind of looked at me. I kind of looked at them. I said, go ahead, you know, take your time. And so they grabbed what they needed and they only needed one of the item, uh, one of the items. And so there were two left. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, I, I really do need two of this particular item. And so not because I want to be selfish and greedy, but because I needed it, I decided to take two shelves empty. Um, but I was thinking to myself, I could have easily gone ahead and grabbed all three and taken off, or they could have taken all three. Mm-hmm. And so I double checked with them, hey, that's all you need. Yeah, that's all they needed. So they took what they needed. I took what I needed. And, and that, was, that was it. But those are the type of situations where we can really kind of demonstrate how we are as people to be able to um, work together, to show character, to come together. And then I think that would alleviate fear too, because part of the fear, if you think about it, is lacking trust in your fellow neighbor, Mm -hmm. lacking trust in humanity. Like, okay, I need to hoard. I need to take care of all this stuff. I need this because everybody else out there is doing it. And therefore... No one's looking out for each other. Yeah, I'm going to get mine. I'm not going to be left out. I'm not going to be with a loss. Yeah. And instead, Mm -hmm. if we had the mentality of, okay, you know what? I've got, so therefore I'm going to give to others because they might be in need. Or maybe because um, I'm only going to take what I need, the essentials, and leave the rest for somebody else to come along because maybe they need something. Mm -hmm. There was a story, a friend of mine who's no longer with us, Phil Michael was his name, and he was a big mountaineer. He wanted to... uh, 
reach the peak of the seven summits, one on each continent. And Mount Everest was his ultimate goal, which he was never able to do. And um, I remember talking to him about, you know, okay, there's these people that climb Mount Everest, and it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for most people. And it's a life-threatening once-of-a-lifetime mm-hmm. opportunity. And there's been movies that maybe you've seen or books that you've read about people that don't even get to the top. They get so close and yet they have to turn back because the window has closed. Right. And then there's people that don't make it. You know, they, they, they die on the mountain. And we were talking about what would he do? I'd put him on, these, on the spot. What would you do in that situation where you're so close to reaching the summit, mm-hmm. but yet there's somebody here that needs help? Mm-hmm. There's somebody here A that, little bit lower. Yeah. that will take your summiting yeah. away because you have to help him. And he, he without question, without hesitation, we got to help. He goes, there's always time to help. I said, what if you're running out of oxygen? And there's no option. You know, there's always time to help. There's always something you mm-hmm. can do to help. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, he never made it to, to Everest because he passed on. But that story of him, there's always, always time to help. And then the other thing, too, was he was, I think it was in Washington, Mount Rainier. And there was a couple people that had gotten lost, hikers. Everyone was hiking, and a storm came in, and, and they got lost. And he was one of them that was on the, uh, one of the hikers that were supposedly lost on the mountain. Well, he had heard somehow through people, I guess, coming down the mountain that these other two hikers were completely lost, like cut off, whatever. So he's roaming around and he finds them mm. and he's purposely looking for them in, in this weather because, you know, he was experienced and he finds them. And so he tells me the story that when the three of them now are walking down off the mountain, the mountain rangers or whomever discover him and they're like, Hey, okay, here's this person. Here's this person. Oh, here's Phil Michael. Oh, we, you, you were lost. We found you. And his thought was, I wasn't lost. I know exactly where I was. I was looking for these people. You know, so in his mind, his purpose yeah. was to set out to find. Mm-hmm. And then when you correlate that with the story of Mount Everest, I mean, you're talking about a person that's in severe situation mm-hmm. where the weather, the, the environment is life-threatening, but yet he still had the time and the compassion and the character mm-hmm. to go and assist and help. And I've always thought about that. You know, he told me this story probably about 10 years ago now, and that's the story I always kind of keep in mind is like in these situations, there's always time and there's always room and there's always the ability to help. It might cost you your summit, but the value on human life, Mm -hmm. as he put it, was way more important and way more valuable than the experience of summiting. Well, and your story also proves the point of what we were talking about a little bit earlier is that um, our, our character a character trait is only valuable. It only has worth if it's in an opposite situation. So what that's exactly, you know, what you're talking about is that you have this choice to make. Do we make the choice to be um, self-serving and and go on to our mission, come hell or high water, we're going to achieve the goal that we set out to achieve, or are we going to do the right thing and help out our fellow man? And so that's when that's when the character really shows up is when we have to make those hard choices. The choices are never easy. And that's why we celebrate movies. That's why we celebrate heroes. That's why we celebrate um, people in the news who do things that, you know, like the, the three guys that um, um, jumped the, um, the terrorist on the train, I think in France. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we celebrated the three of them for um, a long time. You know, that one of the guys was on Dancing on the Stars, and, and we really celebrate that act of heroism. 
right? Because it was scary. Right. And if you're hunkered down, that's a good movie. It's like uh, The Train to Paris or something like that tells the story mm-hmm. of the three of them. It's actually a good movie. So if you're hunkered down, you want something uh, to watch, check mm-hmm. it out. Because like you said, and celebrating them and celebrating people like that, I think it's a good thing because, mm-hmm. and, and they're probably are the type of people that don't want, like Phil was the type of guy that never really wanted the attention. Mm-hmm. You know, he got recognized for the Mount Rainier and was, uh, and was recognized for his heroism but they don't go out and seek it. No, they seem to, the three of them seem to be very humble. And when the one um, guy was on Dancing with the Stars, he seemed to be very humble and very like, wow, you know, like he was just amazed, you know, that they would even ask him to be on there. I've never met them personally, but, um, but yeah, they just were in the right place. They, they just made the decision to do the right thing. Uh, the people on the airplane during nine 11 that crashed in, in Pennsylvania, they chose to do the right thing, even though they knew that they were going to die in the process. Um, so, and, and so I think, I think the, something that I want to bring up is that we see movies, we see these acts of heroism and we applaud them appropriately. Um, but then it doesn't necessarily translate down to our everyday lives. We think that it's, it's like these great acts of, you know, like, Oh, we're going to keep an airplane from crashing into the white house or the Pentagon, wherever it was supposed to go. And so we're going to, you know, do this effort to stop the plane, knowing that we're going to die in the process or these, the guys that stopped the terrorist attack on the, on the train, knowing that they could die in the process. So we have this like tendency to think that, that it has to be something big, but our character in doing, having, you know, the wherewithal to act opposite in a situation opposite than, than what we want to could be as simple as choosing not to have, um, sex, you know, if it's not appropriate or choosing to not have the drink, if, 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 you know, you have a drinking problem or, um, you know, not to panic in a situation or to help somebody out as opposed to hoarding the supplies for yourself. It's those little acts of kindness that are in a situation that we just don't want to do that, that, that make us great people. And we often are striving for the spotlight. And so we think, oh, you know, this little thing over here doesn't matter. But if I have something big, oh yeah, I would, you know, jump in and help because we want to be the hero. That's not that's not character. It's the, the, the little steps that we take every single day. If you go outside and you realize that, that you didn't get charged for your, all of the groceries in your cart, do you go back inside and say, Hey, you forgot to charge me for this. Or if you get extra change at the cash register, Hey, you gave me extra change. Or do you keep it and say, whoo score, you know, keep it and give it to the homeless guy standing outside. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's those little tiny things that build our character. And define who we are so that when a big thing comes along, and it always does in, in life, then we are the type of person that can handle it with dignity and integrity as opposed to panicking and hoarding. I always used to tell people, especially when they were my students, if your job, your dream job, whatever it was, because we're talking usually entertainment, media, if your dream job came along and they said, hey, we want you to audition for it right now, would you be ready? Okay. And so the thought was to get yourself prepared for when that opportunity came, you would be ready. And I guess you could take that to the next level. Okay. Are you preparing your life for when it's your moment to shine, when it's your moment to help, when it's your moment to do whatever it is that you're going to be doing in that moment, that's going to be great. Are you doing that now? It's so you're not really doing anything great. You're just doing it on a bigger scale. So for example, if you're helping somebody on the mountain, are you helping people 
in other areas. Okay, uh, using Phil again as an example, one of the, the reasons why he's no longer with us was he would spend a lot of time in Nepal. And for those of you that might not know, Nepal is the base for Mount Everest and, and the, the, climb, uh, uh, the climbing season every year, which is actually coming up pretty soon. And um, he was scheduled to come home. He's a Canadian, but he would come to the U.S. for uh, family and, and friends. And so he was scheduled to come home, but somebody was sick in Nepal that he knew. And so he stayed on longer mm. to help take care of the, you know, the sick and to kind of be there and, and then help. And while his stay was extended, he was apparently from my understanding bit by a beetle oh, that was poisonous Oh no! that caused issues with his system mm-hmm. that ultimately led to, you know, him not making it. Mm-hmm. You know, he was able to come back to the States, but you know, the sickness carried on. And so by him extending his stay, it eventually cost him his life. But his character was that it didn't matter if you're on the hill and getting now recognized by, you know, the U.S. Forest you know, Department. You know, mm-hmm. Smokey the Bear is now recognizing you for your heroism. He did the little things. I'm going to stay behind and help the people of Nepal, or help, you know, the family that I was with because, you know, they needed the extra assistance. And so that's the thing, too. If you're preparing your life, or if you're prepared in life, so you're opening the doors, you're helping people, you're doing the little things, the smile to the neighbor, the, the kindness, even the pleasantries of allowing somebody to come in and cut in front of you and not react, then are you prepared for that when that moment comes, when you're on the train, when you're on the plane, when it's that big moment for you to be in the spotlight, are you now stepping up? Or are you just reacting to how you normally would be? So if you're talking about the kindness, okay, it's easy for you to be kind to me because I spill something, but I'm a nice guy and um, there's no need to get upset because I'm a nice guy. Or am I the, the ornery character that's so you know, difficult to deal with that when I spill, it's an opportunity for you to jump? But no, instead, you're going to act kindness because really that's who you are and that's what you're practicing because you're not changing. It's like, okay, he's ornery, so I have to make a conscious effort to be kind to him. No, I'm just being kind because he's a person. I'm just be- being kind because this situation, that's just how I normally am. Um, and we can't always do that. We can't always live the perfect life. But are we practicing for that moment, that audition, when that time comes for us to be in that moment, are we ready for it? And I will say that, um, that it does, in the beginning, it does take practice. So in the beginning, it is a conscious choice. We have to stop ourselves and say, wait a second, how am I going to handle this? It doesn't, it doesn't come natural until after you've been practicing for a while, and then it still doesn't always come natural. No, it's <laughs> true. You give me a little more yeah. credit than I deserve. I'm, I can bite people's heads off very quickly, and I'm very impatient in a lot of ways, and I have to remind myself, be like, wait a second, what kind of a person, you know, how do you want to handle this? And I need those daily reminders. I need those daily inputs of wise people that I listen to um, to constantly remind me that it's not about me, that we are to love, you know, each other in a way that isn't self-serving, and it's, it, it is a practice. It is something that we consciously have to um, stop ourselves in our tracks a few times and be like, whoa, wait a second, I need to go the other direction. But then, as you said, it becomes a little bit more natural. It com- becomes a little bit more of who we are. And then it's actually built into our character structure so we don't have to think about it like, I, like you know, Gave, I gave the example if there's if you go to the grocery and you realize that there's something on your list that you haven't paid for. I always go back, always go right back in the store. I've taken kids out of car seats, sleeping kids, 
<laughs> sorry guys, we got to go back in. We didn't, she didn't charge us for this. And then, and then I go back in the store. I'm like, Hey, you didn't charge me for this. Or if there's extra change, that's just an automatic. If I find something, I turn it into lost and found. I try to teach myself. I don't criticize people on social media. There's things, behaviors that I train myself so that when a situation comes, when I need to be kind and I just don't feel like it because the person's an idiot, then it's easier. So what's the response of the people in the store if you come back in and say, you never charged me for this, I want to pay for it? I'm so glad you asked that. Can I tell you that the the last time that happened, I went into the store and she did not say a word to the manager. She didn't say thank you. She didn't say, oh my gosh, you know, a lot of people would have just, she was, and I was like, no, I didn't want a party. I didn't want a parade. Right. Like, hey, everybody, somebody, but that's not what I was looking for. However, like I, this is just how I roll. So I do it whether or not I get a congratulations or not. But I was thinking, okay, what if the person was like trying to practice and they're like, All right. they didn't even say thank you. Like, what was the point? I didn't even need to come back in. She didn't even care. Yeah, see, that's what's interesting because, again, sometimes what we do and our behavior and our actions, other people don't care about. So then the point would be next time, would you still do it even though that same lady didn't care? So the situation happens again. It's the same managers, the same people. You know they're not going to care. They're not going to give an F about what you do. Mm -hmm. Do you still do it? I do because I... um, I, this is going to sound cliche and ridiculous, but if you listen to all the other podcasts, you'll know that this is just who I am. I, um, um, am under authority of a higher power. Like I have to answer to God. Mm. Like, I don't care what the person's reaction is. Honestly, I have to live with, because I'm building my character and I know whether or not I gave the change back or whether there's something on my bill that got missed. I know that. And, and I know that, it's the, the character happens when pe- no one is looking and it's what you do in the, in, in the dark. It's not what you do in the light that everyone can see. It's what you do in the dark when you're by yourself. Are you going to choose not to steal it, even though it's sitting right in front of you? Are you going to choose to take it back, even though they say, or say, please charge me for this, even though they don't say thank you? I'm not, we don't do it for the response that we're going to get. We do it because this is how I roll. And because, you know, what comes around goes around. There's karma. There's, you know, you reap what you sow is a biblical concept. And so if if I don't treat other people fairly in this way, people are not going to treat me fairly. I'm going to, I am going to get back the way that I treat other people. They're going to treat me. So if I'm criticizing people on social media, they're going to criticize me on social media. If I don't give the change back, people are going to cheat me. If I don't turn in a coat that I find to lost and found, my coat, guess what? Say la vie. <laughs> it's gone. So like I don't, I just, I can't, yeah, I, I work too hard um, in my faith and too hard in my relationship with God and with Jesus to do something foolish as to think that I'm going to get away because I don't, I don't care about the lady's reaction. I care about what God thinks of me. And But see, it's interesting because in this day and age where everybody gets a trophy, the participation trophy, we right. do things for accolades. I won't do it unless I get something out of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do something unless I get rewarded for right. it. Right. Um, we turn in a lost animal and we get a reward or we find the lost wallet and we want something back. We, don't long, we no longer do things. And I don't want to just throw out a blanket statement saying that nobody does, but the, 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 the societal thought is if I do something good, I should be recognized for it. I need to get rewarded for it. I need to right. get 
dot 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 right when our actions and our when our when our attitude about our actions should be i'm going to do this regardless Mm -hmm. because this is who i want to be exactly and that is where you have character and integrity and so um and so as we move forward in this 2020 um, you know, maybe that's some of the things that we need to start thinking about for ourselves is maybe this gives us an opportunity to check, not only be grateful for the things we have, but, you know, check our character, check who we are, maybe make adjustments to who we are if we need to tweak some things, get that tune up. Maybe you've gone 200,000 miles or whatever it is and you get a tune up now, <laughs> um, you know, and, and maybe I it's did time finally to that. get my oil change, by the way, a change? couple of episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. I will not tell you how long it was. Yeah. It was embarrassing. But, but the other thing too is, um, you know, is, is moving forward or continuing going. You mentioned, you know, the Sunday night brew that I do kind of on Instagram and um, yes, we're going to do something on, on Sunday nights still. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> to good, see what good. we come up. Can't wait to see. But the other thing too is, you know, uh, I'm moving forward. You know, I've been meeting with people about uh, some future projects that I want to do. One of the things that I want to do is get uh, get a studio, recording studio, podcast studio, things like that going. And I've still been meeting with people. I've still been moving, moving forward in those areas. And mm-hmm. so that's the other thing too that we can't, we can't let this fear uh, lead to rational behavior, lead to us not continuing our lives because that then also is a draw on our character. Who right. are we when we face opposition? Right. Right. You know, I often wondered in this day and age if the type of people we have in the world today were able to build the world back in the 20s and 30s. You know, we, everyone's talking about comparing, you know, 1920 to 2020, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the correlation, you know, and it's like, well, first off, 1920 led to the roaring 20s which was a good decade. So I don't really see the comparison, you know, so I would imagine the 2020s are going to be just as roaring, but we can't have that character or that mindset of like, I'm going to hide and hunker down and be afraid. We can be precautious, take Mm -hmm. precautions and, and be careful, but we should also be able to continue to live life and move forward because when in a down market you invest, the market goes up, you reap the benefits. Mm-hmm. When times are down and we invest in ourselves, invest in our neighbors, invest in other people, when everything gets good again, imagine what those relationships might be like. Imagine what your character might be like. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm not letting this get me down. I'm moving forward and I've got some great opportunities that are going to be sitting right there for me when this thing goes away and everyone's out and active again. And it's going to be a good thing. And so instead of, for me, hunkering down and hiding, I'm taking the challenge on, the challenge of 2020, not necessarily the virus, but just of 2020 with everything that's been going on, you know, hitting the reset button. Well, I'm going to move forward. I don't need to reset and rewind. I'm going to move forward and change. Once someone said, you know, when one door closes, another door opens, you know, maybe this opportunity of uh, another comment was, you know, maybe the, the job that you were in was handcuffing you from really doing some of the things that you could be doing. And with this podcast here alone, what we're doing, there's some exciting things coming already. Mm-hmm. That's going to really, I think, uh, be beneficial for you, the listener. I mean, we've got people in um, up in the Sacramento area that are big fans. We've got uh, fans out in the Antelope Valley, uh, in Palmdale Texas. area, Texas. And so, you know, we're starting to branch out. And yay for us. I mean, that's exciting. But again, it comes back to are we being able to share what we have and what we've experienced and be able to help you? The stuff we've stepped in, you learn something so that it helps you. And when it comes to this, you know, fear or this irrational behavior or 2020 really sucking right now, and can we hit the reset button? Well, maybe instead of having this negative uh, feeling toward it or these negative emotions toward it, maybe there's some way you can spin a positive out of it. Maybe you can help a neighbor. Maybe you have extra supplies that you can pass on to somebody. Maybe you can just calm them. 
mm-hmm. you know, calm them with a, Hey, let's Skype, let's use technology. So we're not so alone and fearful because, you know, we want to keep our social distancing so we don't spread it. Or maybe, you know, somebody who is not feeling well, or maybe you have elderly people that are in that high risk area. Maybe there's something that we can do so that instead of living in this age of fear or this time of fear, we're now expanding and living in a time of, okay, you know what, this is a great opportunity for us to be grateful, check on our character, help others, work on this kindness thing, you know, be somebody that I want to be. It's like Michael Jackson said, you start with the man in the mirror, or in this case, the person in the mirror. Mm-hmm. If you're looking in the mirror and you want some change to be made, it has to start with you, it has to start with me, it has to start with you. Whatever the change we want has to start with us. And if we're not making that change, if we're not making the difference that we want to make, if we're not ready for that audition, then have we failed? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's, I guess, a question that you have to answer for yourself. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think I would. I yeah. think if I missed that opportunity, then I failed. And there's opportunities, times where I missed opportunities. I'm like, oh, man, if I could do that over again, I would. Mm-hmm. Even in the kindness aspect, even in the helping aspect, even in the anything aspect, there's times right. where it's like, you know what? I don't think this is the right time. I'm like, oh, man, you know, as I'm driving away or walking away, I'm, oh, you know what? If I could redo it. Yeah. But I learn. So the next time that situation comes up, you're history prepared. yeah learn from the past you don't make the same mistake moving forward mm-hmm. and maybe this is an opportunity for that time right and i think as we as we close my final thought would be that you know again wherever you wherever you go there you are you have the same character in every situation we like to compartmentalize and say that well in this situation i would do this but then over here i'd be a little bit more strict we're the same person no matter where we are and um, I often, I hear a lot of people say that success brings out the worst in people or, um, money brings out the worst in people, the lottery all of a sudden like, um, ruins people's lives. And I would say to that, no, they just, that character, um, just hadn't had an opportunity to be highlighted yet because they didn't have the wealth or they didn't have the success. And now that that is in their life, now it is highlighting a character that they already had and it is, you know, being money doesn't ruin people. We have a character that we have. And then when you get money in your hand, it highlights the character that you already had. So I would say, um, you know, wherever you go, there you are. And this is a really great time to stop and regroup and figure out, um, who you are in this situation. And, um, I obviously forgot to put my phone on silent. <laughs> well, Why don't you tell people well, where to find us while I well, turn okay, that off? Yeah. Well, the other thing too, the other thing too, that um, when you talk about that money keeps you uh, is going to do X, Y, Z. There's people that have said, you know, if I get a million dollars, I would help people. Well, if you have $10, are you going to help people? Exactly. If you have $50, are you going to help people? Um, exactly. If you have, you know, I remember one time someone said, if God gives me this mansion, I'll help house mm-hmm. people, whatever. Well, what are you doing with what you have right now? Because like right. you said, what you're doing with what you have right now, you will do when you have more. Yeah. If you have $10 in your pocket and you give away 10 cents, then yes, when you have a thousand dollars, then you'll probably give something away. But if you're not giving away in your poverty, you're certainly not going to give away in your wealth. Two Steps Ahead podcast, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. Again, we got some great things coming your way. Uh, stay tuned for the announcement. We're not quite ready to make that, at least not in this podcast, but uh, maybe in future announcements. Uh, you can follow us on social media, Instagram at Two Steps Ahead, T-W-O, Two Steps Ahead podcast. Uh, my personal Instagram is Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, like the jersey says. And then we can find you at... 
I am at Tara Hoke Shiro, T-A-R-A-H-O-K-E-S-C-H-I-R-O on Instagram and also YouTube. Yes, and you can find us on uh, Instagram TV, these videos. Uh, we also video in case you don't happen to know that and you're listening to the audio portion of the podcast. You can find us on YouTube as well. Just search Two Steps Ahead. And then really cool is if you go to Google and you just type in Two Steps Ahead podcast in the search, we pop up because we're on the Google podcast platform. So that's one easy way to find us. And then also we're on Spotify, we're on Pandora, we're on iHeartMedia, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, all the major platforms for podcasting. And again, some new avenues coming our way too. So uh, yeah, so we've got some cool things moving forward, which we'd like to thank you for <laughs> because you're part of that and making this uh, such a successful uh, show. Uh, Two Steps Ahead podcast, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend and we'll see you next time. Thanks guys.